safe through uh, different kinds of sickness and stuff. And so COVID is uh, making its rounds through our county, and I believe we're going to be all okay. I really do. How about you? You believe that? Amen. I really do. I believe God. God's so good to us. And um, it'll, it'll make you stronger if you get it. Just keep going. There's plenty of good medicine out there, uh, plenty of good things we can do. And so uh, I think the Lord knows how each one of us feel. Um, it's, a, it's a scary thing for this, uh, this flu-type uh, epidemic or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be this way forever. I really don't. I don't know how long it's going to last. But there's some people, some people I think, that would like it to last as long as it could go. But I want to get rid of it. How about you? Yes. Let's pray that God just wipes it out. Uh, it's got a purpose. It obviously has a purpose. God has a purpose for it. I don't know what the purpose is. But I know one thing. Uh, we have a... Somebody uh, that died on the cross, his name is Jesus. And guess what one of his names was? The Great Physician. That's one of his names, the Great Physician. You talk about medicine. You, 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 know, you know the Lord Jesus Christ. You have the Great Physician as your Savior. And he, uh, he healed people. He did. And so he can give healing to our country and today's message is along the lines of that. But let's pray. Hold your place, please, in John chapter 10. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's point our hearts to the Lord today. Father, we thank you for this wonderful book we have. We pray that you would always have it to be the paramount, preeminent uh, book in our life. Uh, we pray that you would help us never to uh, look at it in a, a degrading way. Help us to never doubt it. And Lord, we know that sometimes we don't understand all of it, but because we don't understand every every single word of it, doesn't mean it's not true. And I pray you'll open the eyes of our understanding that we might understand the Bible in its entirety and uh, help us to grow in understanding of what you are and what you want for us. We pray today that the Lord Jesus will be glorified in our hearts and in our church. We pray that above all else, above all other things that our church could do, we ask God today that you would help us to glorify the Lord Jesus, that strange, strange stranger of the world that nobody wants to talk about. So we pray that we would exalt his name today, exalt all that he did, every word that he spoke. And Lord, we... We, uh, we accept and we believe that Jesus said that where there are two or more gathered together in, in his name that he would be there with us. And Lord, we pray to you right now, Lord, and thank you that you are with us. And we honor your word today and we honor what you did on Calvary that day when you died and shed your precious blood for the sins of all the world. And we pray that we'd exalt your name today and lift you high and mighty. And God, we pray that we would publish your name. And we ask God today that you would help us to be on your side. Help us to believe you. Help us to stand for Jesus Christ today. And we ask, Lord, that you'd give us life eternal. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved. How about you? Amen. I'm glad I have a Savior. 
that is second to nobody. Amen. And I'm glad that he is the only Savior. Aren't you glad you don't have to have uh, three or four to pick from? People act like religion is that way. You don't, we, we're not going to a smorgasbord. Uh, most of the smorgasbord seems like all the food tastes the same. <laughs> I just ate fruit and I had steak and roast beef and mashed potatoes. It all, it all tastes the same. I don't know what they do to that stuff. But anyway, we're not at a religious smorgasbord today where we can pick and choose different saviors. There's only one Savior. And there's only one source of life. Let's look at it. Verse 7, chapter 10 of the book of John says, Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. That's eternal security, folks. Once you enter into Christ Jesus as your Savior, you're free to go and, and, and come and go as you please. Look at verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. <clears throat> I am come that they might have life. There it is today. This is our subject. And that they might have it more abundantly. Abundant life. Think about that. Not just existence. God doesn't want us to just exist. Lots of people are just existing. When you, when you think about the quality of life, I want you to think about your life and what quality you have. What kind of life standard do you have? What kind of um, quality and level of life do you live? Think about what God has done for you. I think many multitudes and billions and billions of people all over the world today, honestly, they don't know or they don't believe if they have heard about it that God created life. We're told that life just accidentally happened from some kind of a big bang in the in the universe. By the way, did you realize that something had to create the elements to go boom? And they don't want to talk about that. If there was a big bang, something had to cause it. Things don't just accidentally happen. And if you go back and back and back, even the scientists eventually have to put more faith in their scientific brain waves than they do in the Word of God. But the, the billions and billions of people around the world that don't believe uh, are sad, sad, sadly uh, enjoying life that one day will come to an end. Think about that. There's a lot of wonderful things in this world that people can enjoy. And their, their lifestyles. Have you ever thought about the... Remember that show a long time ago called The Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? And that English guy with that really nice, just fun accent. 
I think his name was Robin Leach or something. He'd go into all these wealthy people's homes. He'd ask them questions about their lifestyle. And it was fascinating. It, the ratings on that show were really high because we got to see into the lifestyle of all these rich and famous people. And some of the things that they do are just absolutely out of this world. I myself have uh, worked for very wealthy people before. And as a window cleaner uh, going through college, we had some very, very wealthy people that threw money around like it was nothing. I mean, I had one lady, she had a coffee table made out of crystal. It was $30,000, and she made sure that I knew how much it cost. But she asked me to take my window cleaning equipment and take all the stuff off of her crystal coffee table and clean the crystal with my secret, uh, 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 what do you call it? Yeah, my, my secret um, sauce there and my cleaning equipment. And I, 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 cleaned, I, I cleaned her coffee table like it was sparkling clean. And she said, please be careful with that. It's $30,000. And I said, yes, ma'am, I will. I'll be careful. And this was one of the ladies that would say, the check's on the kitchen table, and your sandwich is there, too. <laughs> I had it made. I mean, and I'd go into these homes, and I would just be un unbelievably overwhelmed with the wealth of our country. And I thought, how do people live like this? It's crazy. But they did. You know, people, people just live good. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's awesome, don't you? I mean, who, who would not want to live a little better than you do now? <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with that. But we forget where it all comes from. My goodness, uh, it, it's just, it just astounds me uh, that the, the, the incredible wealth of our country, and I, I've seen some of it. I, I've, I've been involved with it. Uh, I, I work for uh, a man down in San Diego, and he was a commercial real estate developer. And uh, he was flying, it's a true story, he was flying in a Learjet over Texas. And they were flying low enough that they were enjoying the countryside. He saw a ranch down somewhere in Texas, and he asked the pilot, uh, that's a beautiful ranch. What it, he goes, you know, and I know that ranch is for sale. He he bought the, he bought the ranch. He went and bought. He was just flying over Texas, saw the ranch, landed, made arrangements, and then went back and bought the ranch. The first building that he and his uh, friend, his uh, building uh, associate, his partner, the first time they sold the building in San Diego called the Golden Triangle, they both pocketed $3 million apiece. And on it went, and the sky was the limit. It's just amazing the quality of life that some people have. But they forget where that life comes from. And I don't think that we should all be striving. The Bible says labor not to be rich. That's not what life is all about. And Jesus himself said, that life does not consist of the amount of possessions that a man has. You know, that's not the kind of life that, that we're after. 
But it is true that we have an abundant kind of life. Jesus wants us all to live with freedom and liberty and happiness and peace and love. And he wants our life to be very, very full and, and, and of good, deep, rich quality. But let me tell you something. A person can have a minimum wage. And believe me, I, was, uh, I, I know what minimum wage was. I, I, know, I don't know what it is now, but I know what it was when I was a teenager. It was like $2.15. You say, no way, way, $2.15. And I remember I got a raise. I think I got a five cent raise. I, listen, I, I, would, I, don't, I don't think life uh, is regulated of your joy and happiness and everything about your life is all regulated by the, the, the dollar. I don't think that's what life is all about. And I don't think that's what Jesus came to give us. Although that life abundant sometimes spills over into the things that we do. How many would say, praise God, we're still in America? Don't we have a pretty good life? Yes. Come on, stay with me. Don't we have a pretty good life? Do you know that if you get in a car wreck, it's not, it's not even five minutes sometimes before an aid car can be there and circle around the six or seven people trying to keep you alive? Say amen to that. That's a blessing. You can't get that everywhere. You, if you, you just remember that you, you have, listen, I'll put it this way. You're driving down the, car, the, the, the street in your beautiful car. And if you don't have a beautiful car, at least you got one. And you're driving down the street. And guess what? You come to a stop. And somebody has put sensors under the pavement for you and regulated all the other lights in the intersection so that at the proper time, you can look up and, ah, oh, it's green. You get to have a, boom, a green light come on and you look both ways and you drive up. There's, there's places they can't do that. Think about the quality of life we have. How many have ever uh, gone to Safeway or Albertsons or any of the grocery stores lately and picked up groceries? Do you realize what? That's, that's pretty, I mean, have you ever thought, just stopped and think, man, these shelves are busting out. There's stuff falling on the, on the, on the aisle. How many, have we got so much food? I, I went, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not trying to, um, cause anybody a guilt trip but my goodness um you you can't just go and, and if you want your favorite cracker you're not just going to have one pack on the shelf there's going to be tons of them i mean the whole thing is stuffed with your favorite amen the quality of life that we have is absolutely astounding but we don't give god the credit for that we we just for some reason we can't figure out that our life comes from Jesus Christ. Do you know the air that we breathe comes from God? Did you know the water we drink comes from God? Do you know the food that we eat comes from God? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 
And this is just regular life that we live that unsaved people live it. Um, criminals have the same lifestyle sometimes that others have. It's amazing the different levels of life that we have right here in America. <clears throat> have you ever thought the different stages of life? Work with me just for a minute. Think about this. You go into um, a hospital, and let's say there's somebody there that for some reason or other they've, they've, they've been terribly sick and they're in a coma. Now, if somebody's comatose, that's, I would say, the lowest level of life, but they're not, they're not dead. They're not passed away. They're comatose, right? Some people have come out of coma and then lived again, but it's the lowest that I can think of as, as a level of life. And then, then you come to an unconscious state, which is a little higher than comatose. Then you would say a, a, a state of sedation, maybe, where they might not be unconscious, but they might be sedated. And you keep going up to the level of, of different levels of life. Then you have, let's say, pover abject poverty. People that they're, they're not sick to death, but they're just a little bit above the point of death. Ethiopia, Haiti, they're not dead, but they're, they're not, their life is not much. And then you continue on in the different levels of our, of our, of our world, and you have maybe somebody that's in prison. They're not poverty-stricken, but not much more. They're in prison. That's not, that's not the level of life that I want. I don't want to be stuck in prison. I don't want to be sedated. I don't, I don't want to be in a coma. But then, then you go into the inner cities and you look and you have the folks that are what they call homeless. I don't want that level of life. I don't want to live that way. I don't want anybody to live that way. But they're living. You see the different levels of quality of life. You have third world nations. Now they're not, they're not third world nations because they're bad, but their governments are bad. You know, there's a lot of communism in the world and that's what's taken a toll on our lifestyle, our freedoms. It's a, it's a dark cloud of communistic, socialistic uh, lifestyle. I mean, you can call it what you want, but it's a, it's a low quality of life. You go into Russia and you see uh, some of the re re regular folks that live in different neighborhoods and I don't want that quality of life. I don't want to live that way. And, and yet people do. Uh, then you have the middle class life. Now, <clears throat> I didn't know I didn't know that I grew up poor. I, I thought I was real rich. I, we, we lived in a trailer. There's nothing wrong with living in a trailer. But it was just that station of life that I found myself born into. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I was a very happy young little boy. I played in the woods and I built tree houses and we swam in the lake and we built rafts and we did all kinds of fun stuff. We played football in the streets and basketball and baseball and all that. We, we, we were active little children. We had fun. I didn't know what quality of life I had. I was very happy. 
But I, I realize now as an adult, there's, there's different levels of life. You know, there's upper class people, and I don't know how to define that. I'm not sure you can. But there's folks that don't have any problem with, uh, well, if they want to buy a house, they'll go buy a house. If they, you know, there's, there's class levels, and I don't think there's a demarcation line at all. I think it all melds together. But then you have the ultimate um, folks that are elite, extremely wealthy. Uh, then you have billionaires and kings that are even higher than that in their quality of life. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't grow up in a king's house to, to, to you know, be a little Lord Fauntleroy, you know, going to breakfast and have the maid come and say, would you like the crust cut off your bread this morning? You know. Would you pour my cereal, please? Thank you. Bring my paper and slippers and my pipe. Thank you very much. No. I, I, I'm not so sure that what we call a high standard of living is all that high. I mean, there's some miserable people out there that are on what we would call the top of the class. I'd rather be down here and happy and saved and praising God, I got, listen, there's nothing wrong with wearing boots and overalls, you know, and, and working in a barn. There's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> I've been around a lot of people in my life. As I said, I've been around some very, very wealthy people. Um, <laughs> it's just amazing. Some of them don't know how, how good they have it. And some of them, some of the folks that I've been around, they don't know how bad they have it. And they're happy. So what is life all about? What is life? It's not your paycheck. It's not where you live. It's not what you drive. It's has nothing to do with that. That's, that's that abundant life, no doubt. But I think Jesus was discussing something better than uh, the station of life in which we live. I think Jesus came to give us abundant life. And I think this life has, has sometimes absolutely nothing to do with uh, the amount of money that you have in your pocket or the kind of home you live in. Look at Luke chapter 12 for a minute. You know what? We have a Savior that came to bring us and give us abundant life. It says in chapter 12, verse 15 of Luke, <clears throat> he said, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not sick. He said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life, there it is the word, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And I'm going to confess to you something. I'll, be, I'll, I'll confess so you can relate it to your own life. I have a weakness. I have a really bad weakness. I think my life gets better <clears throat> by the amount of tools I have. Uh, <laughs> about a month ago, I had a project, right? Here's the, here's the problem, man. If you have a project and you don't have the right tool, part of, the, part of the way to get that project done is to go get the tool you have to have. Yes. It's part of the, uh, the job cost it's cart it's part of the uh what do you call it the job order or it's uh it's a project cost anyway i justify it however i can and so 
I wanted to do a project, and I, I went down to uh, the, the Grizzly, uh, the, the candy store, the man candy store down there, Tools, Grizzly. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Drill presses, sanders. Oh, my soul. <laughs> they, have, they have a lathe down there that's like $20,000. I said, I'd like to have that. But <clears throat> I don't take my wife to that store because I know <clears throat> that uh, she wouldn't understand. Anyway. I go in, and I, <clears throat> I'm looking for, a, anybody know what a bandsaw looks like? It's the, the, the bandsaw, it's a couple of wheels, and they have a bandsaw. <clears throat> so I'm looking for a bandsaw, and I can't find it. I just wanted a small one, just a cheap small one. I, I get done, And I thought, you know what? The quality of my life is stinks without a bandsaw. I thought, I've got to have one. My, I've got this bench, and there's a spot, and I don't have a bandsaw. I've got to have one. Anyway, inside, I was battling this, and then I asked the guy, I said, yeah, all these bandsaws, they're too big, and I just, I just need a small one. He goes, there's one right there. And I turned around, and Eureka, the one I wanted, was sitting there. I mean, it was only about this big. And I said, you got any more of them? He said, yeah, we got plenty of them. I said, I'll get one. And I got one. And I thought, yeah, oh, man. You know, I'm, I think that's just, that's, that's really not, I don't think that's all that spiritual. Do you? Come on. Or do you feel guilty yourself? Right? I need that. How many have ever gone into a store, ladies? It's about time you started looking at and listening to the preacher, right? You need that? Do you really need that purse? Yes. See? <laughs> you see, uh, and Jesus tells us that your quality of life uh, doesn't have anything to do with the uh, possessions that you have. And your flesh says, yes, it does. And Jesus says, no, it doesn't. And so there's that, there's that battle. Then uh, listen, there's 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 lot to be thankful for without the anyway. I got the bandsaw. Just want to let you know, and I I really like it. And by the way, I used it yesterday, so I did need it. I did, and I used it for Jeannie's shower and for her wedding stuff. I I think that's justification for your daughter's wedding, right? Right. So you say, well, I, 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 I think I need a new car. And, and Jesus said, you probably don't. And, and you say, I probably do. And then uh, you always that battle goes on. And, Am I the only one that has this battle? I need you right now. I need somebody to jump in my boat. Anybody in my boat? Okay. But <clears throat> we're not supposed to fall in love with this world we're not supposed to get all enamored look at John 4 the book of John <clears throat> we're, we are to uh, think about life in a different way than our flesh tells us to <clears throat> the other day uh, I took some guys to uh, burn-ins anybody know what burn-ins that uh, 
Uh, oh yeah, it was brother brother Myrick. Uh, uh, a couple Sundays ago, we took him out for lunch, and um, we were sitting there ordering uh, burn ins for lunch, and I thought, life is good, life is good, and and God's trying to tell me, listen, that's not that's not what life is all about. I came that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. These blessings that I give you, they're just to, to tell you that I love you. When God God gives you blessings, at least acknowledge where they came from. Yes. At least thank him. At least acknowledge that you're not comatose this morning. Amen. You're not sedated. You don't live in a cardboard shack. And these are blessings that we should praise God for. Um, but that's not what really life is all about. Uh, look at John 4 and verse 14. We, we have a Bible that tells us what life is all about. <clears throat> it says in verse 14, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Do you see then that somebody could be in the most poverty-stricken place in the whole world and receive Christ, and they're richer than the man at the top of the, of the financial market with all, the, to all the, the toys that a man could possibly have, and yet he's unsaved, he doesn't really have much life, does he? He doesn't really have life. He has worldly life, but he doesn't have the life that we need. He doesn't have eternal life. When I worked for that rich guy, um, he bought he bought a lot of property. It was just a, I don't know what size a regular lot is, but a very small lot on Mission Beach down in San Diego. There was no house on it. It was just a front area of beach property that was bare and rocky and weeds. Just a little slot. <clears throat> he paid a million dollars for the dirt. They put a two million dollar house on it. And when he drove his Ferrari into the garage, the, the door shut and his, his car was in there. <clears throat> he got out of the, the, the garage area and walked in to a covered indoor pool. And he, and he walked into the house by the pool. So his pool was covered, his garage was covered, and his big, beautiful mansion. I thought, man, wow. And I thought, wait a minute. He doesn't even know the Lord. He doesn't really have life yet. Did you hear about that guy, that grave digger? He was leaning on his shovel after he dug this big grave and this rich, rich man. He wanted to be buried in his convertible Cadillac with a tuxedo on. And so they dug the hole a little bit bigger than normal and the guy got his wish and they propped him up in his driver's seat and, and lashed his hands to the steering wheel. And he had his tuxedo on and the guy sitting on the shovel after he dug this, watching this guy being laid down. Uh, the crane was lowering down the big Cadillac convertible. It was all shiny and the guy, and he looked over to his buddy, he said, man, that's living. 
That's not living. I don't care. I don't care if I wear sandals, tennis shoes, boots, or barefoot. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what house I live in. It doesn't matter where I live. It doesn't matter where God calls me. It doesn't matter what what Paul said, whatever state I'm in, there I am with content. Uh, he, He didn't care if he was on the mission field. He didn't care if he was in prison. He didn't care if he was in a Roman jail. He didn't care if he was uh, uh, at a widow's house or whatever the case was. He was perfectly content. You know what You know what life is all about? It's all about you and Jesus and having him in your, per, in your heart as your personal Savior. Amen. Then you have life. Amen. For God so loved the world, say it with me, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life you know the life that god gives us is eternal it never ends and it's sad i think our country i don't i hope you'll forgive me i'm trying to uh think of a good illustration about our country america i think what happens is sometimes you have to liken the prophets when they said the head is sick you know the when Israel turned their back on God, the, the prophets said, we're sick. We're not doing well. The, the head is sick. Um, you know, I, I think my, uh, my dad's wife, who's not my mother, she died of leukemia with a, a blood disease. Of, I think it was a bone. Her bones stopped producing the right kind of blood. I think it was a form of leukemia. I can't remember. But I'm not really smart about that. I know that she, her, her body stopped producing blood. And I thought, you know, at some point it clicked where the, the leukemia took over. And she was healthy for a long time. But at the, at the, at the time when it was time, the, the leukemia kicked in and there was just no recovery from it. I hope that's not happening to America. But I feel like we, we might be real sick. I think spiritually, I, I think we might be sick. I hope not. I hope, I hope America is not terminally ill. But if she is, I'm okay. And you're all right. You know why? Because this is not the end of the world. This is only beginning where God says, whosoever believeth in me, he will never die. This life that we have is eternal. It never ends. It is amazing what God has done for us. What class, what class of life do you think Jesus had when he walked the earth? Well, let's see. His only crown, he was the king of king, but his only crown was the crown of thorns. His only scepter was a a shepherd's staff. His only robe wasn't this big, beautiful, royal blue king robe. It was just a woven coat. Uh, Let's see. He he didn't have a kingdom. Like, he wasn't ruling over a vast kingdom. He wasn't born into royalty. His only kingdom was a few uh, apostles and some some saved uh, converts. His kingdom was brand new. 
So he, he, you know, he didn't really have um, a great, big, huge, wonderful church. Uh, he, he, he had some, some areas out in the open, you know, where he preached on the side of a hill. He didn't have a palace. He had a manger, though. He wasn't born into royalty. He wasn't born into wealth. His dad, his uh, stepdad was a carpenter. The Bible says, is not this Jesus the son of a carpenter? He didn't, he really, he didn't, if you look at Jesus, I mean, he was not a, a wealthy man. But I'll tell you what, that man, Jesus Christ, he, he, he had life. His abundant life. He had the life. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know what the source of life is? It's Jesus. Amen. He's our source. He said, without me, you, you have nothing. Can you imagine how that, um, what might be happening into our country, and I hope not, as I said, but if, if, we're, if, if America's sick and she's got terminal illness, uh, the life is going to be just basically slowly drawn from the body. And I think if you look at the whole world, at some point, the Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. I believe this without a doubt, as you read the Bible, that slowly by slowly by slowly, God's going to gather his people together. That's you and me. And what's left is death. I hope that you and I could realize how important it is to live for God. Because, you know, the only thing this world has to look forward to without Jesus is darkness and death and judgment. There, there's, there's nothing left. If, if, if they reject Jesus, there is no life after him. It's a sad thing. But I'm glad one day that I've received Christ as my Savior have you heard the bumper sticker? Have you seen it? No God, N-O. No God, no life. Have you ever heard the other one? No K-N-O-W. No God, no life. No Jesus, no life. No Jesus, no life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. John 1, 3 through 5. Let's go there. And we're going to be finishing up here just about two minutes. In, uh, in 1 John, or excuse me, the book of John, chapter number 1, verse number 3, 4, and 5. Would you turn there with me? When, when John the Baptist was ushering in Christ, uh, he, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And then John the Apostle, he, he in his gospel, he told us in the beginning was the word. But look at verse 3. He, John says, all things were made by him, and without him was not made anything that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Just as uh, Noah got in the ark, and then the door was shut, and they began to make their journey over the water, it's the same as those that don't know Jesus. They, they'll have no ark. They'll be left out in and drown in the darkness. And sure enough, that's a sad thing. And I, I'm glad I'm not in charge of the world. I'm glad I'm not God. I'm glad I'm not the judge. I don't know 
how to do that. I don't know how to judge everybody's life. I can't do it. I don't know what to say. Sometimes things happen. I got no idea what to say about it. Sometimes I just uh, want to huddle uh, and grab my wife and give her a hug and go pray with her. Sometimes I just, I just want to be around my children. Sometimes I just want to be around my church. This world is a cold, dark place. And this world is dying without Jesus Christ. This world needs us. This world needs the light. It needs Jesus. This is the, I don't care how rich a person, I don't care if they have a $30,000 crystal coffee table. By the way, I just don't think that's necessary. Just think how many tools you could buy with that. I'd get a bigger bandsaw. Uh, but hey, uh, whatever you think life is all about, it's probably not what you think. But if you have the peace of Jesus Christ in your heart, then you have life. And it's abundant and it's free. One more, Colossians chapter 3 and we'll be done. Colossians chapter 3. Where, what's your life all about? What, what are you living for? I do thank God for my home. I thank God for my car. And I do thank God for my family. And I do thank God for some of the things that he's allowed me to do. And I, and I appreciate the blessings of God. Folks, do you understand it's okay to go and enjoy the life that God has given you? I don't want everybody to think that if you go out and buy a, uh, something that's brand new that you're somehow sinning. It's not a sin. Just thank God for it. And realize and acknowledge where it came from. Thank God for your life. Enjoy your life. Have a wonderful time serving God. But remember where it came from. If we forget where the blessings come from, we might run out of them. Did you hear that? If we forget where the blessings come from, we might run out of them. Okay. Colossians 3, we're going to finish with verses 1 through 4. If ye then being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, look at this now folks, we're going to finish I want you to see this when Christ, who is our life, he's our life. He is your life. When he shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Today, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, don't let anything get in your way. Don't let anything stop you. Sometimes I think, the love of the world and the love of possessions, sure enough, have kept a lot of people from getting saved. They look at people like me and I knock on someone's door and they say, yes, uh, what do you want? Who are you? What are you doing here? Well, I just want, I'm Pastor Shaver. I just want to invite you out to church. Well, I don't need that. Well, I would like to... Uh, introduce you to the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. He'd like to save you. Oh, I'm good. Oh, how many times have I heard that? I'm good. No, you're not. Number one, you're not good anyway. 
And then you're not good. You think you're okay? You're not good righteously. You're not good in your life. And I'll tell you how many people I've run into in my life as a Christian that thought that I was some kind of a scumbag for, for giving the gospel out to somebody at their door as if I was some kind of a peddler selling encyclopedias. No soliciting! Brother, I'm not soliciting. I'm not selling anything. I'm giving something away. The name of Jesus. Thank God for your salvation and thank God for the quality of life that you have. Let's bow our heads for prayer.